Um, you know, uh, the last three weeks or the last three weeks I've been here, we uh, we've we've gone through the uh, from the Gethsemane to to Calvary. We went through Calvary, the day of Calvary, and today tonight I want to finish up um, by going from uh, on the all the events that occurred on the Resurrection Day. Uh, we've been having people read. Do, do y'all like having people read and hearing all the all the things at one time? Huh? Pull it down. I can't hear me. Okay. Is that better? Okay. I, I'm supposed to do something like that. Something. Anyway. So do y'all like having people read the accounts as we go, or you just want me to read them? Thank you. Okay. Good deal. Well, then. Okay. I like that, too. All right. So hang on with me just a second while I get some chairs. You know my name. Thank you, Jeff. Just set that over there. You know my name. You know my name. So what I'm going to need now is I'm going to need four evangelists. I need one named Matthew, one named Mark, one named Luke, and one named John. So, if somebody would read the passages in Matthew, this is your place. Come on, Cam. There you go. All right. So, uh, Mark, would somebody come read Mark? Chad? <laughs> somebody come read Mark? Somebody come read Luke and Anita John. Brent, there you go. Mark. I need a Luke and a John. Two more, please. If you would. We got John. You and Kim gonna y'all are gonna need to share. Let me see if I got a. You know what, Kim? One of these might reach. It's got a pretty long cord on it. I don't think it's going to reach. I don't, Mike's might reach. He's got a pretty long cord. Here you go. Um, I'm busy. So y'all will just have to kind of share them back and forth. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going now. 
Let, let me just start off by telling you this. What you're going to find, anytime you start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you're going to find is that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not written in a chronological order. So you may, you may find things in different orders in different, in different Gospels. It's, it's not chronological. Um, Matthew has grouped, uh, like Matthew 13 has, all the, has about six parables in it. And so it's, it's called the parable chapter. Well, when you start reading the, parable, the same parables in Luke, he, he doesn't give the same parable. So you have to read, you have to catch all the accounts in order to put together a picture of what's going on. So because of that, if you read five different commentaries, you're going to get basically the same order of events, but you're going to have a little bit of difference in each one because of the, the way it's, it's written. It's just like if somebody came in here and shot me and went running out, and then the police came and interviewed six of you, you wouldn't be able to all give the same answer. You would give different answers about what, you know, what he looked like or what kind of gun was it or whether or not he shot me in the head or, the, or what. You know, just you'd give different, different let's don't try it, but you, could, you would give different accounts. Doesn't mean any of them are wrong. It just means they're different. So these aren't, these aren't wrong. They're just different. But we're going to put them together tonight, and we're going to put them together in an order that I like since I'm here. <laughs> so let's, let's get started tonight because we've got a lot, long ways to go and I'm, we've got a long time to get there. So we're going to start right here. Um, Resurrection Day. So following the release of his spirit, so Jesus is on the cross and he, he releases his spirit, several events immediately occurred. The quick death of the crucified ones was requested by the Jews. So the soldiers came and they broke the legs of the two thieves. I want you to think about that for just a moment. They came out there with a big hammer. They crawled up on a ladder, and they broke their legs so they would die faster. So that's the first thing that happened is they broke their femurs up here. They broke those legs so that they couldn't push up, so that their diaphragm wouldn't expand, so they would suffocate faster. So that's going on out there but one of the soldiers discovered Jesus was dead already and in order to be sure that he was dead one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear to ensure he was dead and I'm, we're not going to read all this but John 19:34 talks about that that blood and water came out and that Jesus was definitely dead and the fact that they pierced him is a um, is a, a fulfillment of a prophecy given in Zechariah 12:10. <clears throat> so if you want to look at those up when you get home, or, or you can look them up now if you want to, but, but I'm going to press on here. So the second thing that happened is Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who were both members of the Sanhedrin. Now, do you remember what the Sanhedrin was? The Jewish government was divided between three different, three different things. They had the high priest, then they had what they called the council, and then they had the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin was 70 men who were their, their, govern, their, their governors. They were their congress. They were also the, the judge, jury, and executioners if somebody committed a crime. So the Sanhedrin is the government. 
Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus both were representative of that government. Uh, they really took a big chance. They, they really stepped out and they requested the body of Jesus from Pilate, which he granted. And Jesus was buried in a new tomb that belonged to Joseph. And that, that account is given in John 19, 38 through 42. And that was the fulfillment of Isaiah 53, 8 and 9. They rolled, the Bible records in Matthew 27, 59 that they rolled a great stone over the door and it records that Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Mary Magdalene watched and then they left to go and celebrate the Passover. So that was the end, that was Friday night. So the next day, Saturday, the Jewish leaders went to Pilate to ask for guards to be stationed at the tomb to prevent Jesus' followers from taking the body and claiming that he had resurrected a request that Pilate granted in Matthew 27, 62. And Pilate told the leaders, make it as sure as you can. So the Jewish people, they set a watch and they sealed the stone to make it secure. And that was what they did on Saturday, their Sabbath. Sunday morning, resurrection morning. Now we're going to start going through the events. First thing that happened on resurrection morning is found in Matthew 28, 2 through 4. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Okay. So we start off with an earthquake, and then let's read 27. Um, and when it says 51b, that means the second. So start with, and the, and the earth did quake. Because we had an earthquake. Okay. And the earth did quake and torn in two from the top. Oh, and the earth did quake and the rocks were split. Okay. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. One more. One and more. coming out of the grave after his resurrection. Okay, that's good right there. Okay. So, what happened resurrection morning? First thing, an earthquake occurred and it rolled the stones away from other graves. It, doesn't that what it says? And the graves were opened. You, you want to you know how Paul was able to write so precisely about what's going to happen whenever Jesus returns in the rapture of the church? He already saw a rapture. He saw it right here. He saw the, he heard the, he felt the earthquake. He saw the stones rolled away. And he saw the graves were opened. And he noticed that the bodies of the saints which slept had arose. I'm not sure he saw them arise. He might have. I'm not sure these people saw them arise because this earthquake occurred before the sun came up. So I don't know that they saw them arise. But once, once they were opened, they noticed that there was no bodies in there because the people had come out of the graves after his resurrection. When Jesus resurrected, he didn't go to heaven by himself. He cleared out the area of the underworld called paradise because now he has redeemed. This is so exciting to me. He has redeemed mankind. I'm no longer under the curse of Adam. I was re they were redeemed. And before to die was to go into a holding place called paradise. But once Jesus, once Jesus shed his blood, then he saved us. And when he resurrected, he redeemed us. 
And so once we were redeemed, now to live is, is, is to, to die is to be with Christ. Now I don't go to a holding place because I'm redeemed. So that's what happened here. The graves were open and people saw that there were no bodies in them. First thing on resurrection morning. Next, a group of women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, that's the mother of James and Joseph, and a woman named Salome, gather with prepared spices to take to the tomb. So Matthew 28, 1. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And Mark 16, 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. So here's my interpretation of what happens next. Because later on, if you look down, take this sheet with me for just a moment, and look down to number six. Do you see what it says at number six? The women along with who? Joanna. So was Joanna mentioned in number, in number two? No, she's not. It's a group of women. It's Mary Magdalene, uh, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome. Joanna shows up later. So here's what I think happened. You're welcome to think what you like, but here's what I think. I think that they'd been up most of the night getting these things ready, and I think they met together, and it was Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Joseph, and Salome. And Joanna was supposed to be there, but Joanna overslept. And because Joanna overslept, Mary and Salome says, well, we're going to wait for Joanna. And Mary Magdalene says, I'm not waiting for nobody. I've been up all night. I want to go to the tomb. I'm going to the tomb. You can stay here and wait for her if you want to, but I am out of here. And so we find Mary at the tomb by herself. Mary goes ahead and is first at the tomb. John, John chapter 20, verse 1, 1 through 2. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and see the stone taketh away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. So Mary goes to the tomb by herself while the other two ladies wait on Joanna, and, and, they, and she sees the stone rolled away. She runs from there. And she goes and she meets with Peter and John and tells them they've taken away the Lord. So I wrote some stuff about Mary Magdalene that you may, you may not have known much about her, but tradition says that this Mary was the sinful woman of Luke 36 through 50, um, Luke 7. So if you go to Luke 7, 36 through 50, just for a moment, you'll see that this is the story of the woman with an alabaster box it's not, it's not Mary, the, mother, the sister of Martha, that's later on. But in this passage, it's a woman with an alabaster box. And it says that, if you read it, it, it says she, on verse 38, it says she stood at his feet behind him weeping, began to wash his feet with her tears, wiped them with the hairs of her head, kissed his feet, anointed them with ointment. And you can read on down, uh, but this is that Mary. She's found at the cross with mother, with, with, the mother and, with the mother of Jesus, the sister of Jesus, and Salome. That's referenced in Mark uh, 1540 and John um, 1925 through 26. I skipped a little part there that said, Her love for Christ is defined by Luke 44 through 7, 44 through 50. 
So if you look at Luke 7, 44, Jesus says, He turned to the woman, being Mary Magdalene, and said unto Simon, See this woman? I entered into thy house. Thou gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gave me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to, ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil you didn't anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I say unto her, unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And they that ate with meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this forgiveth sins? But Jesus said to the woman, thy faith has saved thee, go in peace. This is Mary Magdalene. Now why did Mary Magdalene, why did she love Jesus so much? Why was she so enamored? Why did, why did she spend all of, this, all of this money and take this alabaster box and empty it at Jesus? Why did she come into a place where she wasn't welcome? Why did she do all this? She did it because um, if, you, if, if you go to Luke, um, let's see, if you go to Luke 8, 2, so you're in Luke 7. Let's look at 8.2. It says, In certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary Magdalene, out of whom went what? Seven devils. So Jesus had cast seven devils out of this lady. <clears throat> and because of the compassion that Jesus had shown her in Luke 7, she showed him her love by the alabaster box and then she continued to follow Jesus for the rest of his ministry and obviously on resurrection morning she couldn't wait but she was the first one to the tomb. So, um, And she noticed that the, uh, the stone was rolled away. So let's go to number four now. And uh, we, the, now what we see, so Mary's, Mary's went to the tomb. She's left. She's gone back to the disciples Joanna finally shows up, and so the number four says the other Mary, that's Jesus' mother's sister, the mother of James and Joseph, the wife of Cleopas, Salome, and now Joanna, the wife of Shusa, Herod's servant, they arrive at the tomb. So Mark 16, 1 through 3. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? And uh, then we have Luke 24, 1 through 10. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and a certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but is risen. Amen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, 
the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. So we find these three women, and, and the, Luke goes on to say there were other women, but we find these three main women went to the tomb, found the stone rolled away. Mary Magdalene found it first. She left to go tell Peter and John. These ladies follow behind her. They find the stone rolled away, but they have an encounter with two angels, and it's recorded in other places. So Matthew 28, 5 through 8 also records an encounter with angels. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, as he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Okay. And another passage there is Mark 16, 4 through 8. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. <laughs> but he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. So we have here an amazing incident of God's compassion and that is the angels told the girls the little ladies go tell his disciples and tell Peter <laughs> go tell his disciples and tell Peter yeah but Peter had failed the Lord he denied him three times yeah yeah and, and, and he had went out and wept bitterly so Peter, and, and Peter, you know, Peter, um, you got to keep in mind that the disciples were somewhat fearful now because they took, they'd taken Jesus and crucified him. I mean, it's just logical that if they killed the king, the guy who's, they're going to come after the followers. And so Peter probably was a little bit awkward in there with all the disciples with them knowing that he had just denied him and that he had said he wasn't a part of them and now he's sitting in there with them and so it's it's kind of a tense if you think about it it's kind of a tense moment there as, as these guys are holed up yes sir that's right be sure and tell peter that i want to see him okay so the next thing we find here so the, the ladies have now gone I think it's funny that they says they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything, for they were afraid. <laughs> I imagine we would have been as well. So the next thing we find here is that uh, 
Mary Magdalene. So remember, Mary left the tomb, went and got Peter and John. Next thing we find is while the ladies are coming back, they, they, Peter, John, and Mary Magdalene, they're headed toward the tomb. And so number seven says, Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John go to the tomb. And then Peter and John end up returning to their home in Jerusalem. And that's Luke 24, 12. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. And stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. John gives us a little bit more insight into this instance. Got the long one. <laughs> then she runneth and come to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away, taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw linen cloths lying, yet went in not. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen cloths lie, and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher and saw and believed. For, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. So the disciples with Mary Magdalene go back to the tomb. Peter and John go in. Their account is, is shown. They don't stay. They go back to Jerusalem, back to where they came from, to their home, to the place where they were staying. They went back there with the other disciples, but we find that Mary Magdalene stayed. So let's, let's catch up real quick here. They get up early in the morning, an earthquake has happened. Stones are rolled away from graves. Ladies are gathering together to go take spices to anoint the body of Jesus. Mary Magdalene leaves first. She gets there, finds the stone rolled away. She comes back and finds Peter and John. While she's coming back, Mary, the mother of, of James and, and Joseph, uh, Salome and a woman named Joanna, go to the grave. They encounter the angels. And when they encounter the angels, they're afraid, but they do what the angel said, which was go back and get my disciples. So they go back to, to tell the disciples Somehow they all miss each other. I don't know if there's different, I don't know how they do this, but somehow they miss each other. Mary Magdalene's there with Peter and John. The Bible says John was the fastest of them. He got there first, but he didn't go in. Peter goes in, and they see the, the, the grave clothes and the napkin that wraps around the face. They see it in different places. And so Peter and John go back, but Mary Magdalene stays there. Now, why does Mary Magdalene stay there? So, Mark 16, 9. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven de demons. Okay. John 20, 11 through 17. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, 
where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She took herself and said unto him, Rabbani, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascended unto my father and your father, and to my God, and to your God. So Mary Magdalene is weeping because she can't find Jesus. She doesn't know what's going on. She can't find the body. She looks into the sepulcher. She sees an angel. The, uh, and after she sees the angel, uh, she has a conversation with Jesus. She supposes him to be the gardener until he calls her name. <laughs> he knows... My God, when he says Mary, she immediately knows it's Jesus. Wow. He knows my name. I know. What a great, that was perfect. It was beautiful. He knows my name. And, and my sheep know my voice. And we should know when Jesus calls us. Mary knew. As soon as she heard that voice, as soon as she heard him say Mary, she knew it was Jesus. But Jesus says something very interesting to her. What does he say in verse, um, in verse 17? What does he say? Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Why does he say don't touch me? What does he go on to say? Why does he not want her to touch him? For I have not yet ascended to my father. Now, some people say this means he's telling her, don't cling to me. But the key thing in that verse is he says, I have not ascended to my Father. So Jesus, emptying out, this is my interpretation. You're welcome to yours. Mine's better, but you're welcome to yours. Jesus, emptying out paradise, ascending up to the Father, hears the cry of Mary and his heart is moved with compassion when you pray Jesus hears your prayer he know the Bible says that he bottles your tears he bottles them he knows exactly how many tears you cried in prayer to him you're, you're, you, you don't have any idea how precious and how special I was my mama's favorite son. Still am. But she didn't bottle my tears. She caused my tears. <laughs> he bottles your tears. He knows when you cry. He knows when you're distressed. He knew Mary's pain. And instead of allowing her to remain in that situation... He put the whole 
resurrection event on hold. He put the whole resurrection moment on hold to minister to a woman who loved him that was hurting. And he cautioned her, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Why? Because I've not yet ascended to my father. So since he's got the whole thing on hold, we have an interesting verse that shows up that, that if you're not careful, baffles you. But hopefully it won't baffle you tonight. And it's Matthew 27, 53, the last part of that verse. They went into the holy city and appeared to many. Oh, read a little bit more. Go back a little bit. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. The people that had resurrected, because the, the stones rolled back, right? The graves were opened. There was no bodies there. These people are resurrecting with Jesus, and Jesus stops the whole procession to go minister to Mary Magdalene and while he's ministering to Mary Magdalene, these people that are resurrecting with him say, well, let's go take a stroll through Jerusalem. <laughs> while we're waiting, let's go visit some friends. While, what, what does that tell you about the spirit body? What does that tell you about it? It's not a ghost, right? Yeah, he lives forever, but, but what does that, what does, they saw him. We're going to recognize each other. The spirit body has a body. I'm not a, I'm not a ghost. I'm not translucent. You're not, going to, you're not going to see the cross through my head. The spiritual body is a body that's recognizable, that we know, that eats. Jesus ate a piece of fish later on. He eats a piece of fish in front of him. It went through the wall. But it's not, it's, not, it's not a body that, that's, that's, that doesn't have form and doesn't have shape. People saw these people in town. They knew that they were, somehow they knew that these were people that were dead. Now, if you think about this, Moses, whenever Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, you remember this? There were two people that appeared to Jesus, Moses and Elijah. Who recognized them? Peter, James, and John. They recognized them. Did they have an uh, Instagram picture of them? Had they ever seen them on Snapchat? Did they ever see a portrait of them? I mean, Moses lived 4,000 years before Peter, or 2,000 2, years before Peter. Had they ever seen a picture of them painted on a wall somewhere? But they knew it was Moses, and they knew it was Elijah. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that we will, we will know as we are known. So when we get to heaven, you still won't be able to escape me because I will still know who you are. And I will know everyone else that's up there too. Right now, I may forget your name when I'm trying to talk to you. I may say, that guy right there, uh, what's your name? Chuck. I may do that. But when I get over there, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to know. And I'm going to know who David is. And I'm going to know who Moses is. And I'm going to know, I'm going to recognize Isaiah. I'm going to know all of those guys. 
because I'm going to be able to, to see and know. These people have de are demonstrating this to us. So Jesus puts it on hold. People go visiting throughout Jerusalem. And then as soon as he comforts Mary, then he ascends. And he takes all of the Old Testament saints that were in paradise with him. And the Bible says that Jesus is the first fruits, the firstborn among many brethren. And so this is the Feast of First Fruits. Jesus resurrected on the Feast of First Fruits. Does anybody have any questions before we step on? Yes. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think they did. <laughs> just I would think just you showing up would be quite a witness. <laughs> Anybody else? I mean, that's my opinion. I don't really have any scripture to tell me what they did or didn't. That's just my opinion. Where'd they go? Yeah. And everybody everybody will know what's happened. The, the world will know that Jesus has come. Even the ones who, who don't want to know, they'll know. They'll, they'll concoct some story. They'll say aliens came and got them. They'll say they, artificial intelligence ate them. They'll say something. But they will know that Jesus came. And they, they, the Bible says that, that they, will, they will cry to the rocks to fall on them. Now, not immediately, but as they begin to see the judgments unfold, knowing what's ahead of them, they'll begin to go to the rocks and ask the rocks to fall on them and take them, take them out of here before they have to go through everything that they know is ahead of them. So, here we go. Number nine, Mary Magdalene, now that she's seen Jesus, she returns from the tomb and she meets the other women going to the tomb and tells her story. So they finally get on the same path. The ladies are coming back. Mary Magdalene's going to find them. They get on the same path. Uh, as they turn to bring the new information to the disciples, Jesus appears to the group. So Mark 16, 9 through 10. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, and they mourned and wept. Now I put them this I put them in this way to, to make the to make the flow right. So if you read that again, Brett. No, go ahead, Kim. No, go ahead. Go, go ahead. <laughs> so I'm trying he, to get the flow right. Go ahead. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, and they mourned and wept. Okay. Matthew 28, 9 and 10. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So Mary Magdalene has her moment with Christ. She's going back to tell this new information. She meets the women coming back from seeing the disciples, and they're coming back to the tomb. She tells them what's going on. They're amazed. They're weeping. And suddenly Jesus appears and he says, 
And as they went to tell us to oh, he said, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And, and what, what does it say they touched him? It says they came and held him by his feet and worshipped him. They came and held him by his feet and worshipped him. So I want you to think about this for just a moment. Mary, he says, don't touch me. He, she leaves. He leaves. Mary goes and finds the girls coming to her and says, this is what's happened. And while they're talking about it, Jesus appears, and this time they touch him. So how long did it take for Jesus to ascend up into heaven, offer his blood in the holy place, them to have a hallelujah moment, and then him to come back? Not long. Not long. And, and here's what I want you to think about. A spirit being works outside of time. A spirit being works out, God works outside of time. He doesn't, he doesn't see time as linear. He sees the end from the beginning. He sees it all. He can see a thousand years into the future right now just as easy as he can see a thousand years into the past. Now, I don't understand all that. That's, that's a little too much for my little, my little pea brain. But here's what I do want you to understand is that as a spirit being, they work outside of the time element. Jesus ascended to heaven, offered his blood. They had a, whatever went on in heaven. I mean, you can imagine the victory, the victory march. I mean, you can just, you can just imagine Jesus showing back up with the gates of hell in his hand. I mean, you could just, man, there's, there's bound to have been a hallelujah moment there. There's just, there's just got to be. And all that's going on up there, and then he comes back. But to us, it seems like just a couple of minutes because he works outside of time. He's not, he's not bothered by time. He doesn't, he's not held by time. So Jesus returns to the earth. They hold him by his feet. He's ascended to heaven, offered his blood, redeemed mankind, comes back to the earth, and now the ladies hold him by the feet. So where are we at? Number 10, the ladies return to Jerusalem to inform the disciples. Isn't this funny? These old boys sitting in that house over there sulking, talking about how hard life is while the women are out there seeing the angels and getting all the stuff. <laughs> Doesn't that seem funny to you? Huh? No? <laughs> you know, I mean, if you look at churches, most of, now this church is not this way, but most of the time, if you look at the churches, the churches are mostly anything that's done is done by the women. And here's the same thing. These guys, they just... They sit in there, they, Peter and John come out there and they don't see what they want so they just sulk back. They're all sitting in there talking about how hard it is and how, what are they going to do now and somebody's going to kill us and everything they're talking about. Meanwhile, the women are out there experiencing God, seeing angels, being ministered to, seeing Jesus, holding him by the feet, worshiping him. So the moral to the story is when you're having a bad time, you can sit in your house and sulk or you can come to church and experience Christ. There's your choices. Amen. Come to church. Huh? Except. 
His disciples did? Is that what it says? <laughs> there you go. Let's finish up here. The ladies returned to Jerusalem, so Mark 16, 11. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. Okay. So they're still in the house. They still don't believe. And we got two guys that are walking on the road to Emmaus, which is seven and a half miles northwest of Jerusalem. And we have this account, Mark 16, 12, 13. And then he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Okay. Luke 24, this is a really long passage. Luke 24, 13 through 33 tells us the story. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this today, all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman, the women had said. But he didn't. But him, they did not see. Who, who went? Who are they talking about? Who went to the tomb but didn't see Jesus of the disciples? Peter and John. So they're talking about Peter and John. Go ahead. And then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with him, with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together. So they walked seven and a half miles with him, didn't recognize him till he broke bread. Then once he broke bread... They ran seven and a half miles back to get to Jerusalem. 
It's <laughs> a long ways. That's a lot of miles in a day. That's all I'm saying. So when they get to when they get to back to where the disciples were, we've got a scripture that kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's Matthew. It's uh, Luke uh, 13, 24, 33 through thirty five. Verse 33 through 35, yeah. Sorry. Did I say it right? Sorry. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So these two come back to Emmaus, and when they get there, the disciples tell them what? The Lord is risen indeed. And hath appeared unto Simon. So we've got an appearing of to Peter that's not recorded of how it happened. It, it just says that he appeared to Simon. Simon wasn't one of the two that walked. But the Lord appeared to Simon. First uh, Corinthians fifteen five, if we turn over there real quick, um, tells us first Corinthians fifteen. 15, Scott, 15, there you go, 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 5 tells us, uh, and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to scriptures, and then he was seen of Cephas and then of the 12. So somewhere, somewhere in the amount of time that that road to Emmaus experience was going on, somewhere in that time, Peter had an encounter with Christ, with the risen Savior. It's not recorded. You don't see it. The only reason you know it happened is these two scriptures. And that's Luke uh, 24, 34, and 1 Corinthians 15, 5. Don't know when it happened. Don't know how it happened. I like to think, now this is me thinking, so don't, it's not scripture. It's just me thinking. I like to think that Peter went back to the tomb, and whenever he went back, he encountered Christ there. I like to think that. I don't know if that's what happened. Have, yes, sir. Uh-huh. Right. Sure. I don't know. I, you, you, you're taxing my brain now. <laughs> you know that I, there's so many things I don't know about that spirit body. There's, there's, you know, and, and maybe so. I mean, your 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 explanation is as good as mine, because the scripture really doesn't tell us how he did it. Doesn't tell us when he did it. Doesn't tell us how it happened. He could have been there with them in Emmaus and 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 ministered to Peter, you know, not sure how that all happened. But I think the important thing to note here, instead of me being concerned about how it happened, is to note that, that Jesus went out of his way and caught Peter by himself and ministered to Peter individually. Yes. Right.
Right. Right. Right. Right. That's right. He doesn't. Right. Not, not only does he not leave us, but he pursues us. He pursued Mary. He, pursued, he injected himself on the road to Emmaus. He pursued Peter. And so, yes, ma'am. That's right. Right. Amen. Yes, sir. Talk loud. Right. I didn't hear all of that, but. Tell me one more time. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. That's right. You have to, yeah, faith, by faith. So let's, 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 let's start and read this last one here. Um, Jesus appeared to the disciples. Now, this is the first day. So this, is, this all happened on Sunday. This all happened on Sunday. And the last thing that happened is Jesus appeared with his disciples without Thomas. We'll read this, uh, Luke 24, 35 through 48. 
and he told them about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they had said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. John twenty nineteen through 23. <coughs> then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came to Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he said, when he had said so, so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. So in closing real quick, because I know our girls are, are needing to get in here. But in closing real quick, something that's very funny in this passage is that these disciples are in a room. All of a sudden, Jesus appears in the middle of the room, they're like, wah! And Jesus says, why are you troubled? <laughs> that, that kind of funny to you? I mean, they're saying, whoa, who is this? And he's saying, why are you scared? What are you doing? <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. If Jesus was to suddenly appear right there, I think most of you would jump. And if he says, what are you jumping about? It's just me. Anyway, okay, stand with me tonight. Thank you for sticking with me. I know this kind of went over a little bit. I appreciate it. So thank you, readers. Give our readers a hand, would you? Yay. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this Bible study, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that it's been a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, Father. Lead us and guide us and protect us throughout the rest of this week. Bring us back, Lord God. Bless our Project Princess this weekend, Lord God. Give our workers understanding, Lord God. Save our girls, oh God. Give us salvations and healings. And Father God, let it be a great weekend, Father God. And we give you praise. Gather us together up Sunday, Lord God. And let us experience you once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.